that's when it came out of a clear blue sky. Oh, the dear good Lord's own sweet breath and his voice like an electric shock. I Welcome to Good Luck America, a politics and news podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Chet Wild. Hey everybody, welcome to Good Luck America, a politics and news podcast. Did you not know that that's what it's called? Good Luck America, I like that. Good Luck America. That's what we need right now. America needs good luck. We need crystals, hugs. Fucking we, spirits. Yeah, fortune cookies with the a lot secret. of... Yeah, the secret. We should all read the secret <laughs> and just focus on the same shit. What if it works? Oh, man. The secret bums me out because I find that it's like how... That's like white lady bruja magic, basically. They they just try to like positive is, yeah. energy their way into things. But then they sometimes blame themselves. They'll be like, well, I got really sick because I didn't have positive energy. And it's like, no, lady, that's just breast cancer. Yeah, <laughs> that's how yeah. that happens. That's just the cancer <laughs> that's talking. That's just, oof. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. There's so many different versions of the secret. Like, it started yes. as a business thing, like a, a business and sales thing. Sort of like a landmark forum and all of that. Like those sort yeah. of Scientology light self-help right. situations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now it's uh, a thing we all need to do in unison to fix the country. Right? <laughs> Let's all do it. That's what this episode's about. We're going to introduce you to the secret. We're going to tell you what our common it's, goals are. And then we're all going to meditate for a higher purpose. Oh, it sounds so much fun. Yeah. Sounds like so much fun. I don't know why I said it that way. I'm very tired. It's it's Saturday. It's warm. It's hot. It's brand new studio time. Brand new studio. It's not all the way built. But not all the way. Back. I haven't even introduced Anna Valenzuela. Hi, I'm Anna Valenzuela. You're from... not Chet Wild. Hi. Um. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Chet is gone this week. I He's killed normally... him. I'm sorry. Yeah, Anna mm-hmm. killed him. Mm-hmm. It's probably for the best. He was on his way out anyway. Aren't we all? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Chet especially. He's only got the one third of a kidney. So what? I didn't know about his kidneys. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Oh dear. So don't get too close to the microphone. I don't want you to. In fact, come out of come out of here with only one kidney. <laughs> in case it's contagious. I did a show the other day, and a kid uh, was talking about he was wearing a mask, like, and he looked he looked like a Raiden or or like Sub Zero, and sure. yeah, you know. Um, but the mask was apparently a new thing because he had a uh, oral staph infection. And then I had to follow oral staph infection guy. I spent my first five minutes of my set just yelling at the host. Like, how dare you sp- like, put yeah, me behind this guy? That's pretty bad. <laughs> I was like, that's disgusting. Like, what if we, we get all, oh, anyway. That's how an oral staph infection breaks out. <laughs> he is patient zero. Patient zero was a guy at an open mic. And now here's how Chet Wild gets it in a few weeks <gasps> from you. I just have to make sure never to sit at that microphone. I think I'll be fine. I didn't I didn't touch the microphone. I like yeah. very deliberately kept it as far away from my face as possible. It's understandable. Yeah. And Sounds it was a couple weeks gross. ago. No yeah. lesions. We're mm. fine. Good. 
really good. Glad there's no lesions That's here today. That's a good word, lesions. It is. <laughs> Just everyone's reaction to lesions is like, mm, mm. No. You ever played the game Plague Incorporated? No. It's a phone game where what? you are the virus and your goal is to wipe out humanity. Wow. And you can evolve and add all these symptoms. And lesions are one of the first ones I add. Yeah. Because then you put the infection in, you, you make it a blood-based infection, and then people have lesions, and they're scratching them, and Boo. just, that's how you take out Afghanistan. Is that what you... <laughs> well, I mean, it's part of it. You got to take you out got... every country. You got to <laughs> start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. Because <laughs> so we were like, where is there zero health care, and also no <laughs> one's paying attention? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Afghanistan wins. So yeah, we're recording in the new studio. It's it might still sound a little echoey because we don't have all the soundproofing stuff up, but we've been for the past couple weeks been recording on my couch Ooh. in the living room, and you are the first I'm first co-host guest in the new studio. Yeah, keep an eye on me. I might pee on something and mark it as my territory. Well, like I, it, that side of the room, totally fine. <laughs> This side over here. That's you. I will just follow up by peeing on it myself <laughs> and marking it as my own territory like again. Like cats that are yeah. just claiming an entire house. <laughs> just a f- studio full of piss. That's what I want. We're talking about immigration reform today, but not just that. Specifically, I want to talk about why immigration reform needs some goddamn celebrities Yeah. in its life, mostly because of the Alice Marie Johnson Not a pardon. They commuted her sentence. Right. She didn't get pardoned. It's difficult in the federal system because federal, um, I've lived 250 lives. I've worked at a billion jobs that I had no business working in, but I used to work at a federal halfway house for people transitioning from federal prison into society. Yeah. And so it was on 92nd Street in Central, which those of you who aren't aware, that is the border of MS-13's like drug war in 2008. So it was a real fun place to work. I bet. People used to shoot at the building. It was a good time. Why would they shoot at your building? Um, Because we had criminal, one of our clients, in fact, the first week I was there, somebody, he shot one of our clients like seven times and he survived because 22 bullets are very small. Right. Yeah, right. very, very small. And then um, there was another guy or on my last week there, they shot six times into the retaining wall that was meant to protect the building. Damn. Yeah. So that's uh, intense. But we did have a lot of people who had been rolled up on like drug charges. We had folks that had been rolled up mostly, mostly Rico stuff. And then we had some white collar crimes. So we had like a a guy who owned a Greek restaurant down in uh, the long greater Long Beach area that kind of got mixed up with like the Greek mob. That's like a thing. Yeah. We had a lot of people who were gang affiliated. And so my job was to make sure that they had legitimate jobs and not sketchy jobs. Drug jobs. Yeah. Which was almost impossible to verify at all times. Yeah, I'm sure. I was like 26 years old. I'm like, I'm going to change in the world. They would be like, you're <laughs> so dumb. I'm so lucky I'm not dead. Like, yeah. So when I worked there, we did have a young lady who uh, she went to federal prison because she attempted to mail cocaine to a friend. <laughs> Why? Because cocaine Why? makes you do dumb shit. Get on a fucking bus with it. Holy shit. What are you doing? Yeah, Greyhound exists for that. Yeah, what are you Greyhound, doing? Greyhound, Amtrak. <laughs> Megabus. <laughs> Me- oh, I love Megabus. You get the seats up top in the front. It's like you're flying. 
I once had a client being transferred from one facility to another in a mega bus, and he called me and he said, "You got to pick me up, Miss Anna." I said, "Why?" He goes, "Somebody got stabbed on this bus." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit. Yeah, Megabus is an adventure. We used it on a tour a couple years ago to go from Chicago to Minneapolis. Whoa. And I planned that part of the tour, and no one was happy with me <laughs> at all. Because the only, the only bus left at 8 o'clock in the morning, and we had done this show in Chicago the night before. No. And stayed up, and then me and one of the comics stayed up in the living room talking about Star Trek very loud for hours and it made for an angry household in the morning and then we all got on a mega bus yeah and that well that just allows you to sleep through the pee smell yeah (laughs) but i can never sleep on shit like that i can't sleep on buses planes none of it sorry about that cars i'm actually asleep right now that's how easily i can fall asleep (laughs) oh i wish but i say all that to say federal law is uh pretty pretty swift uh, pretty restrictive because uh, there were even there were people like this woman's parole officer was like well I mean <laughs> you made a dumb mistake right but these are the rules and they came yeah. down on this woman really really tough so the Alice Marie Johnson case is fascinating because on the one hand you hear the way it's being pitched in the media right now but on the right. other hand well as you as you're gonna share it's a, it's it's an interesting it's story an interesting story and I should uh, mention Unpops listener Rebecca Stewart. Oh, hi, Rebecca. Sent the uh, research for the Alice Marie Johnson half. Thank of you. This episode, and it was kind of her idea to because I had heard of. I'm, I mean, obviously, I've heard of this yeah. story, but they aren't really sharing a lot of details about what she actually did. All I've heard, to be honest with you, other than the research, so thank you for sending it over, was Kim Kardashian on NPR just being like, well, I just felt like, you know, I could spend all that money on another (laughs) shopping spree. That's literally how she sounded. (laughs) On a shopping spree, or I could, you know, try to help somebody and advocate for them. And I was like, well... Well, How much money did that cost her? Probably, I mean... Lawyer fees and whatnots. If she was, did she do that part though, or did she just go to the White House and baby talk Trump into it? She did say she spent some money, so I don't know. Maybe she bought a new pair of shoes to go to the White (laughs) House. I have no idea. I have no idea. Sketchers shape ups. They're spendy. (gasps) I worked. I worked at a rehab once (laughs) where uh, I. Okay, I can't discuss the specifics. She was not the actual client, but a family member of the woman who invented the Skechers shape-ups. Wow. Yeah. That is impressive. Yeah. It was it was interesting. <laughs> we always used to ask her, do they work? And then uh, finally, somebody was like, not really. <laughs> yeah. There's no way that fucking works. It's insane. I also had a friend who dated somebody who wore Skechers shape-ups, and I was like... Nope. <laughs> That's what I said. Nope. I met him and I was like, hey, so he seems nice. Uh, also, he's wearing shape up, so no. Oh, it was a guy who was <laughs> wearing was them, man. too. Oh, come on. It was a man. But anyone, really. like you, ex- I expect if you're wearing Skechers shape ups, I'm going to walk in your house and there's going to be nothing but like as seen on TV items <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> like you're just falling for everything yeah. if you're wearing those. Yeah. Kim Kardashian, didn't she have a... Oh, she she was the spokesperson. Right. You. Oh, gosh, man. I need some sleep. Coming, that, we're bringing it all full together. Circles. Full, full circles. Full circles. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of all I had heard about it, too, was that they go to great lengths to point out she was a first-time offender right. when she got arrested. 
And they just kind of, they call her a grandmother, which, okay, but also she was like 40 when she went to prison. So it's right not quite, it's not like she was yeah. 65 years old committing right. these crimes. Right. Like mm-hmm. she was committing them in the early 90s. Right. At a time when the crime she committed was a huge fucking problem. I mean, cocaine trafficking is still a problem, but yeah. this was like kind of the apex of the crack epidemic. Right. So it's a, it wasn't nothing. No. And I think that was that that was at least I know Rebecca Stewart's point in sending this was to talk about the how maybe this woman isn't like the best face of prison reform. Yeah, exactly. Prison reform and, and you know, sentencing sort of justice and fairness, right. especially when it comes to, because you're, you're moving a large amount of drugs. And honestly, when we look at, here's, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a, I'm a person who does not drink or use drugs, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Latina, but it probably does factor in. But when you use any illicit drug that you buy off the street, you are in fact funding violence in Mexico and Central America. Absolutely. That is 200% what you're doing. Go if you need to get high that bad, please go to a dispensary and pay the state right. taxes because that means it's not it's not contributing to the to the death and violence and and rape and and if you have issues with immigration, you want to stop people from coming over, hey guess what? Don't take advantage of those people. Right. And don't contribute to the reason why they're coming. So in in an interesting way, I think because Kim t- Kim Kardashian took some sort of interest in this and I wonder who put this in front of Kim Kardashian. She says she first heard about it through an article on mike.com that's m i c.com although I bet there's Isn't- like just a mike.com a dude named Mike got yeah. it early good for you Mike. Yeah, good good for you. Uh, the what article is- <laughs> What is mike mike.com for me feels like clickbait. Yeah, I'm I've Seen is it? a couple it. articles on it. I can pull it up. We got we got a TV <gasps> hanging on the damn it's wall. So state of the art. It was state of the art before, but now it's it's just it feels Burbank state it's, of the it's art. It's pretty. <laughs> there is Kim Kardashian right on the front page. I know with that middle part. Look at her. Yeah, it looks like it's kind of political clickbait. Should NFL players meet with Trump to discuss more prison pardons? Sean King says yes. And, you know, here's the thing. Prison reform and sentencing reform, it's definitely an important thing. And it's its a good thing that it's right. being addressed. But this is coming from the guy that put out a full-page ad to, to come down on the Central Park Five. Right. Where we couldn't have fucked up harder. We fucked up. So, so hard in it's, that case. It's, ins- it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. That's where we need to work on. We need to work on our, you know, when they say police and community relations, what they need to do. I, I think what that's fancy talk is humanizing the people in which you police and humanizing yeah. the police department to those people. So you're less likely to frame them for shit they did not do because that happens. We catch people doing it. We catch it happening all the time. But in her case, it it does seem as if, so she, she, her hands were dirty for sure. Right. But um, do, do you have to be a squeaky clean example in order to be an example? I think we are obsessed no. with sort of moral authority in this I, country. I do agree. I do think she got a very harsh sentence. She was just like, moving packages from one thing, moving cars from one thing to another. 
uh, another. No, not she was. It seems like she was one of the heads of this conspiracy or right. of this trafficking ring. Yeah, and it seemed like she was sort of involved at a whole bunch of different levels. But we'll let, let's, let's get into it. Yeah, I, I skimmed it at it. lunch, so I'm ready. To, <laughs> um, I'm ready to get a deep dive in. <laughs> but the uh, there's an article on AC, the ACLU report right. entitled "A Living Death," and this is one of the articles that points out some of the circumstances leading up to her getting arrested. Right. Uh, she had her first child at 15. School board tried to force her to drop out of high school. She refused and graduated with honors two years later before going on to complete some college. So she's smart. She's she is a smart person. Very smart she's person. She's a smart person with bad circumstances. A smart person, even to the point where she knew better than to not even fuck with college. Right. Just, <laughs> eh. <laughs> I get that all the time. Why didn't you transfer to a four-year? And I was like, do you know what I don't pay every month? Student yeah, loans. <laughs> I got not even a semester into college, and I was like, I'm wasting money right now. Oh, you're so, yeah. I'll, I'll go back if I ever need it. Do people do the same thing with, with you where they assume you went to college? Because you're so intelligent. You're so well-spoken. Yeah, it, it happens. Right. And then I just have to... Then you have to burst their bubble. Break the news. Sorry, guys. Uh, sorry, I'm dumb. No. Yeah. I mean, we know a lot of dumb people with degrees. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> dumb dumb people with degrees and really good jobs. And that's why I don't want to compete with them. Right. Uh, she, she worked for FedEx for 10 years, including seven years in management, uh, had four more children, and divorced their father in 1989. Lost her job at FedEx in December of 1990 due to a gambling addiction. A gambling addiction is the fun. That's the fun addiction. That's a harsh addiction. That's a harsh one. I was in a like an outpatient treatment kind of thing for maybe like six weeks. And the people with the gambling addictions were, it was the craziest. Yeah. Because it would be like, a there was a dude who would get his paycheck and just go to like not even a good casino i was in south dakota and in south dakota (laughs) video lottery is legal so every bar has like video lottery machines so they're playing like mahjong at the bar right and or like poker like you can play video poker is the real video poker and video blackjack are the two most popular and it's like not just bars there will be gas stations where there's just a separate room that's just this like dark fucking closet full of video lottery machines and people will show up on a friday after getting their paycheck and just blow through everything like basically stop at the gas station on the way home to gamble away all your money for the next two weeks and then imagine going home and explaining that to the wife and the kids and they would do it all the fucking time. That's insane. Yeah. That's the gambling version of like a nudie booth or something. Right, right. Just a sweaty room full of uncomfortable people not make eye, making eye contact. I hate gambling so much. It's not my thing. Every yeah. time I go to Vegas, I'm in it for the I'm in it for the shows, I'm in it for the buffet. Yeah, I just I went to Vegas in April and I just went to a bunch of museums and mm-hmm. ate buffet food and Although I will put $20 in the penny machine. I'll do I'll do that hour of entertainment. Yeah. I, I, I probably could have done something like that, but But you don't no one knows what the penny machine is doing. And and the truth is when it comes to addiction sending all your data to the government. Just sending the yeah, just sending your <laughs> fingerprints to the government, like, hey, we found a dummy. Um but like the thing 
the thing about gambling addiction, about any addiction, is it's really about the stimulus. It's not necessarily about. It's the same thing. Like, right. Like I took social media off my phone and I started like Jonesing. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. That it was. It was like a real response. I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. I'm addicted to them likes. Yeah, Facebook is made to be addictive. addictive so yeah, it's I took Facebook same. off my phone. I still have Twitter on my phone. Because yeah. Twitter is all about me. Like, I'll go on there, tweet something, yeah. go back and see how it did. But I'm not looking for motherfuckers' I, tweets. I even blocked it on my web browser like it was pornography. Facebook? Facebook, Twitter, yeah. the gram. It's all... I used to have a a thing on my browser that would limit my social media to 30 minutes a day. Smart. But the problem was... What does it, what does it do if you exceed 30 minutes? Then it, it... You can't go to those websites. Oh. But you can also just right-click and remove that app from yeah. Chrome, and then it's all fixed. I think a better way to do that app would to just have it flash an unpleasant butthole of, at you. Oh yeah, just like a just a whole butthole, or like Tub Girl or something. Yeah, some like okay. No, and you I don't never know what it. it's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, it's just a horrible thing. I'm into that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not into it, but but yeah. I like that as a solution. Right, that would be great. So she had a gambling addiction. <laughs> so she had a gambling addiction, <laughs> is what we're getting at, and it somehow cost her her job at FedEx in December 1990. In 91, she filed for bankruptcy, and her house was foreclosed on. She said she didn't know how she would be able to pay her bills. After months, she of, had a house. She had a I've house. I've never been a homeowner. And she also finds a job pretty quick. Yeah, she, she did. She lost back. a job at FedEx mm-hmm. and then gets another job at Kellogg's in Memphis. But she says her wages were insufficient to support her family. But it is a manufacturing job, probably with hopefully unionized. Right. Right. So what you what you lose in those wages, you gain in social in services. Yeah, and I would think even FedEx probably has a union. Yeah, they do. I they would do. think, yeah. Uh, what? No, um, no, UPS is unionized. FedEx is not. Oh. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, FedEx. I know. Get it together. And then Am- Amazon's like, fuck you, pee in this bottle. That's yeah. how it works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, this is all still according to that ACLU report. Right. Around this time, she begins to associate with people involved in drug dealing and says she became involved in their drug conspiracy out of desperation also around this time her son Corey dies in a scooter accident at the age of 12 oh that's sad although i do want to know the details what kind of scooter like an electric scooter a razor scooter was he like one of the kids where they were like we got to parkour with his razor scooter (laughs) gets hung up in a power line and he's electrocuted what if it was that darwin awards his way out of a fucking skate park (laughs) oh we're sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm evil. <laughs> and again, according to the ACLU article, Johnson states she never made drug deals or sold drugs. She admits that she relayed messages and allowed others involved in the drug conspiracy to use her telephone. Right. And that okay. that's never never allow anybody to use your cell phone. If anybody comes up to me anybody i don't care yeah unless they had a bullet wound and they were like excuse me ma'am i need to call 911 (laughs) i'd be like all right buddy i'd be like i'll dial for you exactly in general i'm like no because how did you leave the house with one shoe no cell phone cell phone on 10 percent like you're running from something (laughs) this is rock bottom feel it that's what i always want to tell them and the thing is 
she says that, like she allowed people to use her phone. But as we dig into, because Rebecca actually found the court documents from God when. Damn it, yeah, Rebecca. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. You're a delight. And she actually found the court documents from when this trial happened, and it lays out all of the charges. And allowed to use my phone, I mean, we'll get into it more, but it seems more like, yeah, I bought a series of burner phones for drug mules to use. What's it to you? Right. Like, there's a big difference between allowed to use my phone and, well, I distributed the phones that we used. Like, I've seen The Wire. I know what burner phones are. (laughs) Alice Johnson. You're not going to slip that by me. The story also notes that she had purchased a commercial cleaning company franchise Uh, had also purchased a house for which she structured a $26,000 down payment by purchasing three separate money orders for less than $10,000 each. And that's suspect as fuck. Yeah, that is super suspect. Because any money order or cashier's check over $10,000 gets reported to the government. Why didn't she use smaller sums? Well, she used, uh, they were each, when it says less than $10,000 each, they were each like $9,900. And then she just paid the rest in cash. And that's a lot of cash on hand for just letting someone use your phone. And nobody said anything. And this is what the ACLU is leaving out. This is a couple months after she filed bankruptcy. She filed bankruptcy, I think, (laughs) in like July or August. And then in September, bought this new house with... With Which is... That's a weird... Have you ever had to file bankruptcy or have anybody in your family file bankruptcy? I came close to filing bankruptcy once and then got a job with Playboy three days later. What? So I got to call the lawyer and be like, I don't need it anymore. That's proof that there's some kind of higher thing. It was the secret. That, it was yeah. the secret. You yeah. secreted yeah. your way into my that way one. My way into a Playboy job. Wow. Because <laughs> what happened, so my, my, my dad got very sick when I was young and they ended up filing bankruptcy and the, the a solid way to rebuild her credit would have been to finance the house. Oh, Yeah. That's a weird move. Or to buy a car and just eat the interest. Because they'll right. they'll fuck you with interest, but it's like you oh, have to rebuild your credit right. that way. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting move. I mean, maybe she bought herself like a Toyota Corolla or something. Even then, <laughs> Corolla's a nice car. Uh, so let's talk about some of the things that haven't been mentioned okay. in the Alice Johnson story. Um, a lot of this comes from the actual indictment against her, right. which described her as the leader of a multi-million dollar cocaine ring. The judge at her sentencing described her as, quote, the quintessential entrepreneur. That's not, that's not bad. I mean, what is the difference between filing bankruptcy and then buying a house with mostly cash and money orders and some of the shit that Trump's done? Oh, exactly. It's almost the exact same thing. Right. Like like when he would fund the uh, the construction of his buildings and not pay workers and then, you know, basically bankrupt companies, start companies, watch them fail. Yeah. You know, demand subsidies. It it just sounds like she may in fact be the quintessential entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now that Trump's pardoned her, when it comes time for him, he can be like, "You didn't care when I pardoned her." <sighs> now I can pardon me. I don't even think he'll use that many steps. I think it'll just be something to the effect of like, but I'm the president. None of you are thinking. And like, that's pretty much going to be it. Yeah. 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 Like, I don't, 
I don't quite, it's, it's good luck America. That's really, that's really really what it is. is because it does not make any fucking sense. And at that point, what do we do? Like, do we just all go, oh, okay. Or do we take to the streets? Yeah. What we do is, and we don't, you know what? My, my beautiful, insane borderline personality disorder grandmother has been arrested for civil (laughs) disobedience three times. That's when we finally start chaining ourselves to government buildings and throwing rocks through windows. I hate to say it. Oh yeah. That's the, that's the moment where we all just fucking, when, uh, he originally, um, uh, who's the new prosecutor right now? I just got off work. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, Mueller? Mueller. Yeah. So when they were originally kind of hinting around Thanksgiving about firing him, a couple, me and my girlfriends had like a, uh, we had a pact that if they fired him, that was the day that we took to the streets and threw rocks through the windows. Yeah. There's going to have to be that moment. Yeah. If, if he pardons himself or fires Mueller... And there's a whole list of things I have where if if he yeah. deports dreamers, yes, we have to take to the streets, and we have to get kind of serious about it. Yeah, it has to it has to be civil disobedience is justified in a democracy. That was the first debate case I ever had in high school. Yeah, and and the, you, we have to be civil diso- we have to be disobedient. We have to kind of buck the rules end up on the news, get called un, you know, unpatriotic. It's it's going to be one of those things where we have to we have to be much more aggressive. Right. Yeah, leave your pussy caps at home, <laughs> put on a helmet and get to work. <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to see how much of that actually happens. But I know I'm I know. I think this is a good example. So we we all just sort of passively get this news that Kim Kardashian is hooking this lady up. Right. But we're not really quite getting the entire story right which is and no troubling one's really to me, researching it except for our lovely researcher for this except episode. for rebecca stewart and no one's telling you about it but the unpops network oh hey maybe you should listen to us yeah more. drop 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 like five bucks on that uh patreon yeah because it sounds a like a dollar or two yeah. Just help keep the lights sounds on. sounds like adam and i are gonna get arrested soon is yeah, what's gonna we happen will be in <laughs> prison pretty soon and we'll don't make us have to Kickstarter our way out. Because here's here's if you want to fuck shit up in L.A. and really get some attention, you got to stand in a freeway. Yeah. You got to yeah. shut down the 101. Yeah, me and Anna are going to have to block the five Brock- pretty soon. Oh, man. And the five goes to Disneyland and everyone's going to be sad. We're going to wreck some kids' day Yeah, in the name of justice. In the name of... We're going to be like, sorry... Those Sorry, kids Tiny Jose, understand. we're doing this for you because <laughs> Latinos are most of the people that go to Disneyland. <laughs> Latinos and Travis Clark. He went there 75 times last year. There's only 52 weeks in a year. Yeah. Oh, man, that means he went multiple times a week. Multiple times a week on multiple weeks. Well, he's got to get those princess mugs. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So so here we go. So so she is the quintessential entrepreneur. Right. It looks like what do we got going on here? Uh so let's go through some of the facts that are in evidence in okay. in this case. This is a quote from the court documents. We have gone to great lengths with the facts of this case to ensure that some future court will not be as confused as we were when we started this case. What? And it is that's that's the thing. That's how conspiracies work. It's a broad there's a lot of moving parts and this is what they claim happened after losing her job at fedex ms johnson found work at a kellogg's factory in memphis where she reported earnings 
of $15,753.1991. That's and barely enough money to support yourself, let alone children as well. Right. Even I with mean, public assistance. And even in 1991, it wasn't a ton of money. Oh, yeah. That's 1991 money. Yeah. So that's more like 2025 now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Couldn't live in LA, but she could live in Wyoming. Right. Okay. And she was, I forget, where was she? Mem- Tennessee. Me- yeah, so Tennessee. she's in, t- so that's still pretty good. That's still pretty right. good. I mean, houses are still going for like $2.75 in Tennessee. Maybe Today. not, Mem- yeah, maybe yeah. not Memphis proper, but like yeah. she could, she could do well for herself. And in 1992, she made $20,163. Okay. That's a, that's a come up. And she got a raise. That is a good raise. Yeah, she got her quarterly Damn. review. She must have been packing those cornflakes. Packing the flakes. The flakes were with sugar, not exactly sugar, but she was packing <laughs> the flakes. <laughs> Sales were through the roof. <laughs> oh, I hope that's part of it. I hope she was just slinging coke via cornflakes. The most productive factory. <laughs> Uh, and like we said in 91, she filed for personal bankruptcy. Her house was foreclosed on August 23rd, 1991 on September 27th, 1991. So just over a month later is when she purchases that new home in her daughter's name. And the $21,430 down payment came in the form of two cashier's checks in the amount of 9,100 and 9,900 along with $2,430 in cash. She also made approximately $19,000 in cash down payments on three new cars from February 92 until November 92. And that's all happening on a Kellogg's factory worker salary. Uh, She didn't file tax returns in 93 or 94, which... Welcome to being a comic in L.A., lady. What? <laughs> Nobody files tax. I know so many comics who haven't filed tax returns in Yo, years. They'll come get you. They, File yeah. your tax returns, even if you have like no money at all. Just oh yeah, eat eat the fifty bucks. Get a TurboTax file. If even if you're a dumb dumb, just file the fucking what are they? The, the basic. Basic. Yeah. Yeah. Just do the basic form and get through, and you'll still get some money back. Yeah. Think of how many cigarettes that'll buy you. So many cigarettes. Oh my gosh, and condoms you won't use. Right. Yeah. You can do all that with your tax dollars. <laughs> <laughs> So Ramon Ramirez, who is a contact of the Colombian Cali drug cartel who lived in Houston, testified that in 1991, he began sending, quote, mules, including Mm -hmm. one referenced as Valencia in the court documents, to Memphis with shipments of cocaine. And we're going to talk about another case at the end of this, which is an immigration thing. And I think the the Colombian cartel is a really interesting tie-in. Right. Because in Colombia, there was FARC, which I don't remember what that means now. Uh, Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. They were, for the longest time, like, they were the enemy down there. Yeah. And now we've kind of, like, Colombia has, they have this peace deal in place. With FARC. With FARC. And now where we're like, all right, so I guess FARC is fine. Didn't we help broker that peace deal? Wasn't there, we sent I think in some way, we probably helped with that. Yeah. Because we're nothing but a force for good in the world. Oh, absolutely. Oh, sure. Yeah, we're killing it in the game and we have no no reason to want a a really strong ally right next to venezuela right now 
So there's ah. that's who's going to invade Venezuela is Colombia. They oh, just joined think? NATO. Colombia is the first Latin American country to join NATO. What? And their current presidential campaign is mostly coming down to we don't want to be Venezuela because uh, all of the refugees from Venezuela are, are going coming into Colombia. Into Colombia, and I think. It, I've been assuming we would invade Venezuela at some point, but now I'm pretty sure it's going to be, be Colombia. It'll be NATO because, and Colombia yeah. will just be like, Hey, we need help because of what's happening in we'll Venezuela. We'll take care of this thing. Go get them. That's your job, NATO. Okay. Yeah. Good to luck, be, Venezuela. Good luck, Coming Venezuela. Coming soon from the Uncops Network. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you know Francisco Ramos? I do not. He, he is, if I am correct or, Oh no, maybe it's somebody else. Shit. No, I'm pretty sure it's You're Francisco. So I think it's Francisco Ramos. Listen, there's a lot of t- Latinos in the world. I could barely keep my own. Especially in LA. I know. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, he's a good person to talk to about that. There's a few people. About Venezuela. Yeah. I've talked about it so much. It's such a crazy story. It's a banana story. Yeah. I watched the uh, John Oliver on it, and I know you fact-checked it hard. It made me so angry. Really? Yeah, the part where he was like, this is not our fault. Okay, it's... Yeah, still very much our fault. Pretty much, if things are ha- popping off in Central and South America, we have we're, we're behind it. Yeah. We're behind it, and it's not yeah. our fault. But we did recognize a fault and really exploit it for yeah our own means. Oh, that's how we do. That's the American way. And it would be so much better for Venezuela if we were doing nothing, right. like because people are like, so what do we do? Nothing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Let them fucking sort it out. Way better than what we're doing now, which is making the problem worse. Right. But so we'll we'll talk more about Colombia at the end of this. But Valencia, who was one of the drug mules or drug runners, Valencia, he testified that after making several bus trips between Houston and Memphis, Curtis McDonald, Johnson's co-head of the drug ring, helped him purchase a Honda Accord to use for these trips. So you were right. Yeah. Just a... Regular, well, you have to have a low profile car if you're driving somebody with stuff from one town to another. On the low from the Jake and the Taurus, as Puff Daddy put it, and it's all about the Benjamins. I exactly, get it. Yeah. or or maybe from San Luis Obispo and in to Oildale in a Saturn SL2. I wouldn't have any knowledge of that, um, no. but uh, for sure, you, you want to be a very low profile yeah. car driven by a very unassuming person. You don't want to stand out, yeah, for sure. That's mm-hmm. always my favorite thing when people get arrested for drugs and it's like well the police stopped him going 95 in a motor home on the freeway it's like will you slow down till you get to where you're taking your drugs that's so funny like come on i would drive so perfect if i was transporting drugs oh yeah like you check the fucking flashers you check your headlights yeah make sure your registration's in order but once you're playing fast and loose in the drug game you're not like thinking because they're even if they're not using their supply they are sort of into the the power of it and right. into the mystique of it. It's that whole like, you know, I'm a badass thing. People get addicted, I think, to nefarious lifestyles. Right, for sure. Yeah. So at the trial, the government produced a Tennessee vehicle registration, which established that the car was purchased on May 24th, 1991 and registered to a third party at Johnson's home address. So what's interesting there is that date, May 24th, 1991. Right. This is way before she files bankruptcy or has her home. It's not way before, but it's a few months before. So 
one of the arguments I think that comes up in these notes at one point is did she was she bankrupt or was she trying to make a paper trail that made it look like she was bankrupt? I think the latter. Yeah, it's That's seems, what I would do. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's really fucking smart. Yeah. And so there was also Detective Larry Allen of the Shelby County Sheriff's Department testified that on several occasions he observed this vehicle parked in front of Johnson's residence. And at trial, Valencia and Detective Allen testified that on June 11th, 1991, Miss Johnson purchased a brown Mercury Cougar. Why brown? And other mm. mules indicated that the brown Cougar... Brown cars are making a comeback right now, like Buick's new line of cars, which is a sentence that shouldn't be said. <laughs> Buick's new line of cars, they have like a chocolate brown. It's upsetting. Why would you... Stop it. It's going to look horrible when it starts so, to rust. Don't buy a brown car. If you have money, don't spend the money on a brown car. Like donate the extra money you spend on like whatever stupid paint job tax or whatever. Just yeah. <laughs> fucking, I don't know. I don't know. Buy a white one and spend the rest on something else. <laughs> uh, so they testified on June 11th, 1991, Ms. Johnson purchased a brown Mercury Cougar and other mules indicated that the Cougar was modified to have secret compartments to help transport the cocaine and money between Houston and Memphis. Okay. And Valencia testified that Ramirez spoke with Johnson about renting an apartment in which the mules could stay during their trips to Memphis. Lieutenant Keith Allen with the Texas Department of Safety. So she had a comedy condo for mules? <laughs> for drug mules, Hilarious. basically. That's fantastic. She should have just made it a comedy venue, too. <laughs> have comics transport your cocaine. Oh, they're doing that anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what... <laughs> they're buying it. They might as well just drive it somewhere for you. What's the problem? Uh, and she rented the apartment in Memphis in her daughter's name for Valencia and other mules to use. And one of the drug mules used that apartment's address when buying new tires for the Cougar. And, uh, so there is a ton of evidence. <laughs> like, right. there's a lot to go through. So she wasn't the type, she was taking a lot of steps. She was building infrastructure around these activities. She wasn't right. passive in her environment. She was an actor. Right. She it's like she was the co-head of this drug ring. Yeah. And that's how it's, you know, been portrayed in this court document right. pretty much the entire way. Did but Kim now, Kardashian read it? Probably not. Yeah. I wonder how many people have actually read the actual charges against her. And I mean, it's on the one hand, of course, you can always be like, oh, yeah, the government's lying. And I'm sure there's some stretching of the truth when it comes to the charges, because that's how it fucking works. But right. also, it makes it seem like she's not quite as innocent as no. the media makes it out to be, no. which is troublesome. Like, again, I agree that like prison reform and definitely sentencing reform is definitely a need a thing that needs yeah. to happen. But I guarantee you there's some someone in prison right now for like 25 years because he had a pound of weed on him. Right. And like start pardoning those people too. Yeah. Like maybe start there. That would be that would be the good place that, to start. Yeah. That would be and I I can imagine in her position choosing this particular case because she's a woman, because she's a grandmother, because she's a mother. That's very much, if I were a publicist for the Kardashians and I wanted to create a 
some really good media that is on brand for what you do already. Yeah. So you have a family business where your family is the personality. You have a mother who is also a grandmother. You are now also a mother. You want to help somebody who's just like you but had a bad circumstance. Right. Go in front of the president and now suddenly now you're even on fucking NPR and NPR. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, like NP, like now suddenly you're a legitimized voice in the the lexicon again. You're not right. just, you know, Kim Kardashian from TMZ videos. Yeah. So that's a that's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it was definitely a good move on Kim Kardashian's part. Smart. And it's a, it's smart on Trump's part. You think? Do you well, think Trump people watched this happen and were like, "Yes, I completely agree." Well, I've. I and imagine that's how they all talk. Hi, I am. I'm, I sound like my mouth is made of Lego pieces. Hello. <laughs> I've been saying for a long time, and I stand by this, that at some point before the next election, and I feel like it's starting now, Trump is going to go really hard for the black vote. Like, really, really hard. Because the thing about his immigration policy, it's all drafted by a dude named Peter Kersenow, okay. who... This week's episode was going to be about him. Uh, He's a black dude whose father escaped communist Russia in the 80s. So he's a black dude who very much hates the left and hates communists. Uh, Has served on the U.S. Commission for Civil Rights under Bush, Obama, and Trump, which makes it sound like, oh, he's like a bipartisan guy who really gets it. But he was appointed under Bush and then reappointed by a Republican-controlled Congress under Obama, and then Trump reappointed him. And his entire theory or idea when it comes to immigration is that illegal immigration impacts black males more than anyone else. What? And if you, when Trump first announced he was running for president, I wrote this article in October of 2015, after going through everything he laid out on his website about what you know his agenda is and everything about illegal immigration was aimed at even on the website in those early days it was all about how it impacts black males especially but also just poor people living in inner city areas and like people i've been saying this for so long and people are like that's crazy but it's happening holy shit like the i think this is a part of that i think there's going to over the next year or so gonna be a really significant shift where trump becomes kind of this figure that's actually doing things for black people and at that point when his and what worries me about it is it's really clear that what his plan is is we'll get immigrants out of here and then we'll just move black people into immigrants' roles, the, the jobs and s- housing and schools where immigrants were. That's not how it works. It's that's it's not, not how that's not. So so is the plan to move poor people from Detroit to poor neighborhoods in Texas? Is that he the plan? actually has on his first website? I don't know if it's still on there, but I screenshotted it in the cracked article I wrote. One of the things he had in his first campaign pledge or policy, whatever, was a refugee program for inner city kids, 
where he would literally go into inner city neighborhoods where there's kids who are living, you know, maybe both parents are in jail and like a brother or sister is raising them. Right. And they literally want to go in and take those kids and go, hey, why don't you, you move to like the Midwest or some somewhere chill where you can live a better life? With and these other families? Yeah. It's what and that even that is a thing we we did before we've as a country. Done that before yeah. with Irish immigrants. We did it with we did it with kids in general in like the twenties and thirties. Ah! And it ended up with a lot of kids being used as fucking cheap labor. Cheap labor and being put in situations. There was a good dollop episode about it actually, where um in there was a mining town in Arizona. Uh-huh. No, New Mexico, where it was um Mexican families were the Catholic. Anyway, listen to the episode. Anyway, it's happened a bunch of times. Right. But Jesus Christ, can we just like, when you peel back that policy, people think that's a good idea. And the people who think that's a good idea, believe that whatever homes these children are going to be placed in somehow the trauma of being re being given to another home is going to, is going to be erased. And right. the truth is it's it's all it all comes down to with Trump most of the time it comes down to his bizarre world of eugenics. Yeah. He really does not believe that I am equal to to him. Like if he looked right. me dead in the eye, he would go he would ask he's probably one of those white dudes who would ask you what you are yeah. and who where are your parents from and then once they once they figure it out, then they file it into the racism computer and then assess in that moment that you are inferior to them. Right. And it is fucking insane because that's really what rather than going into those places like rather than going into these cities and making these cities better making these cities livable, paying those individuals living wages, providing labor programs that teach people how to do industries that are going to fucking survive right. in 2018 and beyond. Coal is not going to survive. It wasn't surviving. Ah, ah. Yeah. Okay. Foaming yeah, at the it's, mouth. It's, it's maddening. And it, I worry that people aren't taking this part of Trump seriously enough where yeah. like he, he came out and said, I'm going to win 95% of the black vote in 2020. And people were like, <laughs> here's the deal. Black people, please, 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 please. I listen. I understand Latinos often can be racist. I have had well, family it's not members like black, like black and Latino. Like there are racial tensions on both there, sides. Very we need, much. We need to not do this anymore. Right. Like there is no fucking point. Because at the end of the day, once they've taken care of immigrants, right? Because we love to pick on immigrants in this country. Why don't you just watch the gangs of New York and masturbate if you feel that hardcore about (laughs) it? Like, why do you need to? If you, uh, but once they get rid of immigrants, then it's going to become an issue of crime. And you know who gets rolled up in crime? You remember the eighties? Black people, right? And Latinos, but more black people. Yeah, and he wants to bring back mandatory minimums for uh, any gun crime. Any crime involving a gun. So you, you're you in a... Which, by the way, if you want to reform the justice system, just fucking legalize weed and let the people in prison for weed out. Yeah. But as it stands now, under the some of the things he's talked about doing in the future, like you get caught with a bag of weed and there's also a gun in your car, right. you're going to prison for five years minimum. And create more oversight over these, these judges. And right. really, really monitor what's happening in the courtroom. 
but that's you know that's neither here nor there yeah. you know it's terrifying it's upsetting but hey you know what maybe kim k will start caring about uh immigrants yeah bitch who gonna clean your house if you don't start caring and about here's the us? thing the kardashians are immigrants they're only here they came I here know. because of the armenian genocide but i do think that there is you have you ever met um have you ever met somebody because i'm my family's been in this country for a very very long time so have you ever met somebody who's like newly immigrated but also or like first second generation but also holds those views of like well my parents immigrated legally and da 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 and it's like you're not you're not getting the message right that if if at some point here's what we know from history this is not fear-mongering here's what we know from history there has to be a scapegoat and yes we love immigrants as a scapegoat oh yeah we do love it but on the on the flip side, once that stops being an issue, the next people down the pipe are usually black people, right? Women, other people of color, like it, it's poor it, people, poor people in general, in general. So it's just really important that you know welfare queens that whole that whole idea. Yeah. So it, it all sort of it all boils down to you know check your priorities and make this an issue of humanity, right? And the thing that worries me about it is I don't think the left sees this coming. I don't think they're ready for that debate. When, I don't know what's going like, on on if, the left anymore. <laughs> because what happens if, you know, like black males have been very underrepresented yeah. by government in general. Not just like underrepresented is the nicest way to put it. Right. But what happens when Trump, goes to that community and is like, look, if we could just get rid of illegal immigration, here's this Peter Kersenow guy who is going to tell you all about it. If we could just get rid of illegal immigrants. He'll say something fun like, here's Peter. He's one of you. <laughs> He's my favorite black. <laughs> he is my favorite black. Sorry, uh, HUD secretary. <laughs> we forgot about you. <laughs> but when he fucking rolls Peter Kersenow out to explain this, the left needs to have some sort of comeback for that where they're like, no, well, we can also like address what he's addressing without deporting thousands of people. And I think that's where, because let's be honest, Obama deported more people. So many people. So many people. He had very strict immigration policies. And, and I think the, the, the real thing to look at is, uh, the, f- the flaw of the left is that they believe they always have the moral high ground. Yes. They truly believe it. The and moral high ground and minorities in general. And minorities They have in all general. those votes. And that is could not be further from the truth. Right. I have a I have members of my family that are born again Christian, Trump supporters, yeah. block her up. I mean all that shit. Where literally I've had to message them like uh, uh n- not even they're Latino and they don't even celebrate are they basically uh, look down on indigenous people and Mexicans as so it's it's one of those things of like pull back for a second and understand that there are all sites all sorts of folks and yeah. that when you assume you have the moral high ground that's the minute you've lost it right because you you really don't yeah. just do do the good work shut the fuck up about it and then when you need to start when you need to say it say it and if yeah. we need to get on top of it now then get on top of it now yeah I yeah. hope I'm making any sense. No, of course. Let's do it. Let's no, that's great. And yeah, we're getting kind of off track. But yeah. I do I do feel like this this uh, commuting 
her sentence, I think, is part of that. The master plan. I think plan. it's part of him just slowly chipping away at that Trump is racist veneer where I think, I honestly think at some point it's going to be the left who looks like the ones who are racist, which <sighs> I don't want to live in that world. <laughs> I know. I, know. <laughs> I feel like we're headed there. Well, because eventually the argument will become so we're all racist, therefore this is just the American way. Right, right. Which is not, that's not an okay stance either. Right. I, I can't believe, I can't believe how hard LBJ called, he, when he said we are going to lose, we're going to lose uh, the South for the next however many years. What he didn't realize is we were eventually going to lose the whole country. That that was, yeah. that, that response to equality would become a cancer. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. It is. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. We, we should get back to sorry, sorry, Alice sorry, Johnson. Sorry, sorry. No, it all, I mean, it all ties in to what we're talking about. There's one story in the court case uh, after the arrest of Valencia and other mules in 1991. Uh, Ramirez took over the responsibility of shipping the cocaine to Memphis. He testified that Colombian contacts flew to Memphis to meet with McDonald and Johnson. Okay. So she's meeting directly with, and here's the thing: a lot of these articles paint this as, oh, they just testified against her to make her look bad, right? And it's like, did they, or was she just? She was just doing the thing. Like, am I supposed to assume a woman can't run a fucking drug organization? <laughs> Is that the route you want me to take? What a fun catch twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, there has to be some give there. And uh, he testified that during the next several months after the August 91 seizure, he regularly delivered approximately 40 kilograms of cocaine to McDonald and Johnson and picked up $450,000 to $500,000 each time. Okay. And so it goes on and on. I'll, I'll put the... The uh, timeline for this thing is bananas. Because oh, she's yeah. got a lot going on. And it all happens in the span of just a couple years, so from, basically. Okay. And I want to find, I'll put the act, uh, a link to the actual court case up on the Unpops website so everyone can go out and I read I love that in 93, she details. moves 50 keys for 800,000 to 120. Yeah, to 1.2 million. Damn. And there is, I want to find... Oh, here on January 27, 1994, law enforcement agents arrested another one of Mondi's workers with three kilos of cocaine. When police executed a search warrant of his apartment, they found five cellular telephones registered to false names. Police also found Western Union wire transfers to Houston made by Mondi, which contained a telephone number subscribed to by Johnson. Wow. They she really does link this all back to herself. Yeah. You would have thought like it with the the house and with the cell phone she would have been using her children and grandchildren's names cuz she's yeah, you would but think. she's tying it all back to herself. Right. And they also on this day they show a number of phone calls between her and uh what is her uh co-conspirator's name? Rem now it? I just remember it's Curtis. Curtis Man, that's a shifty name. Uh, yeah, it sure is. Hi, I'm Curtis. We'll just call him Curtis from Kurt, now on. Kurt Drugless. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> I thought this part was interesting. On September 13th, 1994, a Louisiana state trooper stopped 
One of the drug mules on the interstate and seized approximately 10 kilos of cocaine from her car. The mule agreed to cooperate with police and made a controlled delivery to Johnson and McDonald, Curtis McDonald. The police allowed the mule to make one recorded telephone call to her contact in Memphis, who was at Johnson's cellular telephone number. The mule told Johnson that she was going to check into a hotel in Memphis. After checking into the hotel, the police had her make another recorded telephone call to Johnson, giving her the telephone number at the hotel. BTW, isn't this what rolled up the guys in, um, in Goodfellas? I think so. It was a phone yeah. call. It was yeah. a phone call. It was the babysitter slash drug mule call using yeah. a landline well, the thing, at the house. The thing about crime, I feel like the true crime industry, one, I feel like it's a bubble that's going to burst soon. But the reason <laughs> I feel like it's such a thing now. You mean the world doesn't need 12 more podcasts about true crime? Or the TV shows, Investigation that's, Discovery. They have that's true. a TV show for every, like now it's just like, oh, this woman got beat up on the street. Can you believe that? It's like, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> like, yeah, I believe that. That happens all the time. And happens, it's very sad. Happens but, constantly. Yeah. But did you know she was white? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Well. It was not on a boat. <laughs> They're doing it in land now. <laughs> but the thing about technology always catches, whenever there's a yeah. new wave of technology, it catches a ton of criminals. And f cellular phones were a thing in the early 90s. Yeah. If you watch a, early episodes of Forensic Files, when they start hitting the 90s, it'll be this hour-long thing, and then at the end, they're like, but after two days, they got cell phone records and determined he was lying about all of it. And it's like, you could have fucking told us that. This could have been a mini-sode. <laughs> so I love the, the cell phone records, too, because they had to print them on a laser printer <laughs> with a perforated paper. They have to just pull it. It and took it, two it days took to print. Days. <laughs> they knew. They could read it on the screen, but they had to print it. It was a thing. <laughs> but, but yeah, phones caught a lot of people committing crimes in the early 90s because yeah. people just didn't get how they worked they didn't understand the pinging off of towers right where even if your phone's just on and you're in that area people know you're there so but yeah she did really kind of tie herself to these crimes and they you know got her on they have a phone call between her and one of these drug mules basically setting up this fucking drug sale <laughs> hey yo i'm getting out of the frosted flakes line <laughs> add a little burger sugar just to make sure the kiddos keep buying <laughs> meet me at the <laughs> sorry <laughs> meet me at the walmart we're gonna do a drop <laughs> <laughs> that's what a lot of this was too so yeah she was found guilty the court sentenced mcdonald and johnson to life imprisonment is curtis mcdonald out Nope. I wonder. I wonder how Valencia is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I imagine some of these people are out, but what happened to Curtis McDonald? I wonder. Well, that or deported, which would be. Well, he was from Houston, though. Well, yeah. That was, I was thinking of Valencia. I was like, I wonder what happened to Valencia and Ramirez. It's such a good name. I know. Valencia and Ramirez. They should yes. be cops. They do. Oh, That's, they those sound are, like. They sound like cops at the Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> yeah, Curtis McDonald is still in prison. There is a petition on change.org. Uh, his nephew has Aww. started. 
So uh, hey, yo, what, what the fuck? Why is why is Curtis? Uh, maybe it wasn't his first offense. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I mean, she obviously doesn't have a high profile. Or he doesn't obviously have a whole high profile advocate. Right. I mean, that's truly in a culture that is so driven by celebrity. Who your advocates are matter for sure. And the bonkers part is when do we start taking Kardashians judge of character into play? Yeah. That's a good question. And good luck, America, with yeah, your head injury. Good, yeah, good <laughs> luck, America. But one of the other things I wanted to talk about on the yeah. so that's all the that's all the Alice Johnson Got stuff. It. Fucking weird, man. I mean, like I said, I agree that prison she, reform is a thing that needs to happen. They gave her a life sentence. They gave her a life sentence. That's too much sentence. Right. But had it been like 25, 30 years? would have been all right with that yeah that's it because it was a conspiracy too there was so much money exchanged it was there a conspiracy was several people involved and it was at a time when the crack epidemic was just kind of creeping uh, not really across the country because it came sort of from new york and la and just yeah sort of worked its way so toward the middle imagine the zombie apocalypse starts exactly <laughs> where you think it's gonna start right. <laughs> and then it just crawls its way across imagine if bath salts had the same sort of mobility <laughs> where a bunch of people weren't like man these bath salts are crazy <laughs> like have you tried bath salts yeah they, because they aren't as addictive crack is instantly addictive right so for for many people and it transports really well and you're not going to sneeze and blow it all over your house. Right. I mean, potentially. You I could, mean, you could. Well, but, if you're making it. Yeah. So that's that's the part that's that's really crazy is that she did deserve a sentence and a hefty one. I think I agree with Kim K in that a life sentence is a bit much. Right. Yeah. I definitely agree with all that. And I agree that prison reform is a thing that needs to happen. And as much as it pains me to say it, good for Jared Kushner for pushing it. Because that's where this prison reform thing is coming from, is Jared Kushner. Hi. Um, hey, uh, <laughs> so uh, can I, Ivanka, can I, can I talk to your dad today? Can I talk to your dad today? I, wanna, I just want to talk to him. I've, I'll put on my black jacket and talk about the Middle East a little bit. I have an idea. I just want to hang out with Kanye and Kim. And, can I do anything today? Sure, I'll hold your purse. <laughs> I think that's how it went. <laughs> and then he snuck in prison reform somehow. He snuck in p prison reform while he ate a peanut butter and jelly with no crust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that fucking guy. <laughs> so meanwhile, let's talk about immigration. Yeah. And there is, because <sighs> here's the thing. It's a shit show and it's only getting worse. Immigration, immigration. It's so bad. There was just a kid in Iowa who got sent to Mexico. He had been here since he was three, uh, was murdered two weeks after he got back. Uh, a kid. kid yeah, a he was kid. 15. 15-year-old 15 kid living in Iowa, going to high school. Uh, I think he got arrested with a little bit of weed and they were like... Get the Mexico kid. One of the kids I worked, or one of the places I worked with in Orange County, they were like a halfway house. This was during the when the bubble crashed, so everybody stopped going to high end treatment. Right. So we would, uh, so a lot of us turned to like working in group homes, and we had a kid who, in order 
to keep him in this country to keep him as safe because his family in Mexico was in serious danger. Yeah. I had to, nobody told me I had to take him to court to just review his case. He was in the system and uh, to take him to court to review his case and his Casa volunteer leaned over and whispered in my ear, just so you know, he's going to jail today. You have to not let him run. So I had to basically like talk the kid into staying in the courthouse and, and basically we convinced him that no matter what happens, even if he went to jail that day, at least he'd be safe because he wouldn't end up because it was an immigration issue. They literally, the, the parole, the parole person, the Casa volunteer and his immigration lawyer all communicated and decided the best way to keep him in this country was to put him back in the juvenile system. Right. Which is insane yeah oh and side story on that his mother had died of hiv and his father had been killed in gang violence in mexico oh good so yeah, yeah you want to get him back to mexico yeah. right away yeah, yeah yeah and i get that he committed crime but right. he also was born into a family of crime he did right. not know any better and he ended up staying that day he ended up he ended up staying for at least another year which yeah. was a good deal yeah that's good so so yeah one of the where are the celebrities for immigration reform? Like, can a celebrity please go to the White House and talk to Trump? There's there's one particular case. I've heard about this case before. It's been kicking around for fucking years. Okay. And all we know, she's identified by the initials ACM in all the court records. And she's a woman from El Salvador and she first entered the United States illegally in 1991, but immediately applied for asylum. Her asylum case was eventually settled in 2016. Whoa. That is 25 years? 25 years it took <laughs> for them to finally, and they settled it in the most horrific way. Oh, well, I, I have an idea. Why don't we take some of that fucking bonkers military spending, since we're not going to help education, since we're dismantling the healthcare system, why don't you speed up these goddamn immigration courts right. in a justified way? Don't do it in a fucked up, send everybody home kind of a way, but fucking fund these courts so they could do their goddamn jobs. Yeah. Yeah, How about that? that that would be a step. 25 years. Could you imagine years. being in limbo for 25 years? And not just the kind of limbo she was in is insane because <sighs> what happened, she fled here in 1991. And what happened in 1990 while she was in El Salvador, El Salvador, that's where she's from. Right. A brutal civil war yeah, happening in not great. El Salvador at that time. Her husband, who is a or who was a part of the Salvadoran military, was captured by guerrilla forces, forced to dig his own grave, and then shot and killed in front of his wife, who is this woman. And after killing her husband, they literally kidnapped her and forced her to do slave work. Like they okay. She was forced to like cook and clean and do all of this stuff like as a captive. Like she was held captive and put to work by the same forces that killed her husband in, in the front 90s. Of her. Right. Right. While we were all drinking, um, while we were all like drinking Crystal Pepsi. Right. Right. And getting sad over Nirvana. Getting sad over Nirvana. Yeah. This happened. This happened. Cool. <laughs> and 
she was forced into working for these uh, for this group, and that seems like a pretty strong case yeah. for asylum. But the thing is, there's something with current immigration law called the material support bar, and under current laws, anyone <sighs> who provided material support to a terrorist group cannot be granted asylum in the United States. Oh, so if you have a gun to your head, if you make tortillas for these people, then you're apparently supporting them? Well, that's the problem. Oh, go fuck yourself, The way they wrote this, they don't do a good job of defining defining what material support is, and there's also no exception for if you're forced into it. We supply guns and ammunition all over the fucking world to people we sure do who end up <laughs> the fucking duh, the shot ah <laughs> it's just a matter of which terrorists you're supporting oh good lord okay and yeah they make no exception for if you're forced into it which is bananas so you're supposed to die they're basically saying they're saying you at that s- point you have to your- fight back and get killed basically Man, that's a question that comes up in Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) I'm just going to let you know that. (laughs) So by the way they define material support, if you give a a glass of water to someone who's thirsty, and it turns out that person was part of a terrorist group, you provided material support and are completely ineligible from seeking asylum in the United States. Yeah, they throw you out the airlock. I'm telling you, they they talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, you filed paperwork for the Cylons? Go out the airlock. <laughs> <laughs> so say us all. Yeah. Isn't that what they say? Yeah, on the so show? say we all. So say we See, all. See, I'm Damn just it, trying to, it. if you're a Trekkie, you got to get on board. I'm just saying. I'm barely that either. Oh, okay. Well, but I'll, I'll get there. I'm just saying. Uh, so yeah, in the eyes of our current immigration law, this woman is the same as a person who just willingly joined ISIS because cool. she was kidnapped and forced to cook and clean. We consider that material support. And it's gone. It's a case that's gone back and forth for years. And now just finally, this I think just this past week, they finally ruled, no, she has to be deported. Because the way the laws are written, it makes no exception for if your material support was forced. Kim, advocate for this lady. That's what I'm saying. Who's going to go to the fucking White House for this woman? What do you hate more than chores? (laughs) Exactly. Like This woman had to do chores. And God knows what else. Because we don't know what slavery means in that context. Usually when it comes to that kind of like kidnap and slavery, it's sex slavery. Yeah. So we have no idea what this woman went through. other than And there was probably that too. Or she might have just been older. Yeah. And they just made her cook and clean. I don't know. I don't know, man. But I think, like, when you compare the two cases, Alice Johnson and this woman, I. I so again, she's going back to El Salvador. She's going back to El where Salvador. Where there's probably people who executed her husband just waiting for her to come back. Oh, absolutely. Fun. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she is basically going back to El Salvador. I think she's exhausted most of her appeals because she's been appealing this for years and years and years. If you Google, it's kind of, almost it's kind of a hard story to Google, but yeah. if you start poking around, you'll find articles from like 2010, 2011, where this case has just been going back and forth, and now... Finally, they're like, no, you got to get out of here. I have an idea. Let's hear it. Why don't we put this in front of Melania? That's not a bad idea. Because Melania is for 
all intents and purposes a captive forced <laughs> to perform chores and an immigrant <laughs> and an immigrant yeah and uh she's had to bear the child of a swamp monster right she does not care for him that's obvious. clearly yeah i think melania is the advocate for this woman somehow like break him off at hj break him off an hj do it and then be like hey do me a solid and help this woman out yeah but also... You don't even have to look at him. You can look at your phone the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and what's frustrating about it is it's kind of the same thing as prison reform in that, like, this is an easy fix where we just need... Common fucking sense. Would just define what material support is. Make an exception for if you're forced into it at gunpoint. Oh, you mean material solved? Probably material support would be moving drugs and or right. moving money <laughs> for a fucking criminal organization for, that funds a corrupt government for a drug cartel ah! in South America. I mean, in some ways, Johnson could have been part of the contributing factors that led to the violence that brought our other party here. That's the crazy part. Is oh, absolutely. In the world of Latin American, both finance and violence, that is, it, uh, those two women are intrinsically tied. Right. And one of them is out of prison and one is about to get deported to fucking El Salvador. To fucking Death Island. Because someone held a gun to her head and said, clean our clothes. And also they murdered her husband in front of in her. In front we, of we her. We shouldn't. Uh, discount that part and made him dig his own grave yeah just all the tears it's the whole that was a that was a hard couple of hours for both of them right it's not um, and i mean i'm america yeah good luck (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck what are i mean what are we gonna do what are we gonna do to get people to care about god trump is smart you're right He's very smart. Because prison reform is the only thing that would cause a large voting block to turn against immigrant DACA kids. Yeah, and people are like, well, there's... Between prison reform and DACA, the community's interest is prison reform. It's going to be... Son of a bitch. Prison reform, yeah. And... Do you think there's going to be a second Trump term? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to win in 2020. And I think think this is how he's going to win. Jesus. I think he is going to win on black vote and just Democrats taking minority votes for granted in general. Does this count as an ACLU case of any kind? Is there... This woman's case? Yeah. Um, I believe it's been brought up by the ACLU. Um, Poor ACLU. Yeah, they got a lot to do these days. <laughs> it's, but yeah, I don't like they, they only identify her by her initials. So it's hard to like, it's hard to find her, find her and, and advocate for her, point and, her out. Yeah. But and, like, the, and I'm sure she's not the only story like this. And, you know, all I'm saying, I get, I agree, prison reform needs to happen, but we need to reform this shit too, because this is, Every bit as tragic Mm -hmm. as a grandmother who spent 20 or 30 years in prison on her first offense drug charge. If we practice what we preach as a country, if we are that melting pot, if you can bring us to your tired, your hungry, your huddled masses, then you, we have to address both fronts. It's just, 
crucial. You know, yeah. we treat politics in this country like it's an either or proposition at all times. And we've stopped having conversation. You know what I mean? We've yeah. stopped. Well, obviously you're having it. You know, if you're listening to this, you are having the conversation and I applaud you, you know, for at least getting through all my random rambles. <laughs> but what I, what I, I just, what do we have to do to get people to stop being so angry at immigrants? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. And what, there's so many fucking plot holes in the story about immigration and how it affects people. Like, even the, like... Jared Kirshner's grandmother was an immigrant. So many of us survived. She survived living in a, in a, um, uh, a ghetto, a Nazi ghetto. Right. She, she, she ran in caves. She lived in caves. She came over here and she spoke out against the, the KKK marching in Washington. Right. So how, how did that family, how did that individual come so far to care so little for immigrants when he wouldn't even fucking be here without an immigrant? Yeah. Ah. <sighs> It's it's exhausting. He needs to go in there. Uh, hey, Dad. Uh, <laughs> can I call you Dad? Uh, my dad was in prison. I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, anyway, uh, hey, new Dad. Uh, can I? Uh, yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, have some of my uh, PB and J. The cr- the crusts are cut <laughs> off. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna just bring. Uh, you you liked Kim K? Well, uh, that's great. Cause uh, I'm I'm gonna bring a uh, uh, black China over here, and uh, she's gonna talk to you about uh, a mysterious uh, immigration case that I think you should step into. They need to get Shakira to do it. <gasps> I would listen to Shakira talk about anything. I love Shakira. She's pretty. Or J Lo. J Lo. J Lo. Especially because she's you know she's with are, are her and A Rod still together. Who knows? I don't know. I'm going to go see her next weekend, actually. Oh, like, really? meet her. I'm very excited. I'm getting that my hair exciting. done on Wednesday to do that. Very nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, J-Lo or... Um, hmm. Charo? <laughs> if anything, because because Trump would know, oh, you know what you need is somebody who's been on The Apprentice, because that's all he cares about. Oh, yeah. So you Martha Stewart. Yeah, Martha, Martha Stewart, Stewart would be good. I mean, he already pardoned her for whatever the fuck. Yeah. He's just doling out pardons in the weirdest way. And Martha Stewart's a good one because who's Martha Stewart friends with now? Snoop Dogg. Right. Your conspiracy is fucking dead on. It's, yeah, yeah. Big Daddy Unpops fucking scores <laughs> another shot from half court. I don't want to be right. I don't want to be right about these things. but I don't want you to be right, but you're, I, it's a strong argument. Yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't disagree with it. Yeah, and it, it just it feels like that's the direction he's going, where he's just right. gonna he's, and it's not like courting the black vote and paying attention to things impacting that community is a bad thing, right? But when it's all done at the expense of immigrants, when that's completely unnecessary, like there's right. enough resources in this country that we could not mass deport people and also address the issues yeah. impacting inner city areas we could do all of that at the same time Do like obama and brand it like you love immigrants yeah and then deport all of them <laughs> exactly that's basically what happens i think to give trump a fair shake he is coming off of he's he's the new president after a president who on the one hand was like we're gonna make daca and on the other hand 
fuck the other half of your family trying to come to this country. Right. Like they did, they they really clamped down on those loopholes. And I, I, there's really been no justification. They've never come out and said why they did those things. They just did it. And I wonder if it was backdoor deals. Like, hey, here's the deal. We're going to clamp down on deport more people, but you got to give me DACA. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it looks like we did something. Right. Yeah, it could be. And it, what worries me, what has always worried me about DACA once Trump became president is like, then you're not just talking immigrants. Like, we, like, people paint immigrants as oh they're here fucking picking strawberries like no that's a like when you're talking about daca those are people who are established they're in college they own businesses they're contributing to our economy in such a way that we would take a huge financial hit right huge and but when we fire up mass deportations it's also people that we know exactly where they are because yeah. they've had to file paperwork. Because they have with to the go to government. the fucking hospital. Right. You and hear that one all the time. People getting rolled up on their way to the hospital. Oh, yeah. Or from the hospital. But with DACA, we already know. Like, because you have to file right. paperwork and say where you are and what you're doing. So if mass deportations start, like, DACA, th- that's going to be the easiest group to round up. I know. And because they trusted the system. Right. They put their faith in the system. Right. Uh, it's so bad good luck america good luck america it's so why we call the podcast good luck uh, america. it's so brutal it's so brutal i don't i just mm. i as a kid growing up in california i had other kids walk up to me and ask me if my dad picked strawberries in the field it's like no uh my my dad worked in the prison system as the superintendent of a meat processing plant he wore a three-piece suit to work every day yeah you don't just because you look at a brown person and you assume you have no idea what those people are doing right. in your community. They might be doing the job you don't want to do, and they might be your dad's boss. Right. You have no idea. Yeah. So just fucking pull it back for a second and remember that communities are composed of people who do all sorts of jobs. And unless Jethro wants to clean a fucking toilet every once in a while, we're going to have some problems. Yeah. Because that's the other thing. Remember A Day Without a Mexican? Why are they not playing that on a loop on Telemundo right now? Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. Because we are, we're 26% of the California's workforce. So if you just start rolling up a huge chunk of that workforce, you're going to have some folks that, yeah, you're going to have job availability, maybe for some folks who are looking for jobs. But what we know of those folks is they don't want those jobs. Right. Because DACA is not just Latinos, even though we're sort of the face of it. DACA is also Asian immigrants of all types. Yeah. You know, uh, it's you're it's the it's one of those things with do you like the internet and the cell phone and technologies you know what's going to happen in northern california you know what's going to happen in silicon valley if you start rolling up daca kids yeah yeah you're going to send all that fucking brain power and innovation you're going to send it to another country that's kind of why i think i know california seceding from the u.s has a thing that's been brought up a lot throughout history and it's never happened and people are like no it's never going to happen I think a combination of immigration and healthcare is what will make California secede at some point. Because if the rest of the country is just deporting people in mass in California is like, come here, we have enough money that we don't need the government's money. Right. 
Uh, We're keeping so, Medi-Cal alive. Yeah. So maybe you just, how about you just come here? Right. And also we, we have a really good healthcare system for people like. No maybe, joke. No joke. If, if you're, you're living a- in Trump country and you don't have health insurance, come to California. And then once that happens, we'll just be like. Maybe we should just be our own place. Real talk, Trump country people. Here's my Yelp, our Yelp review of uh, the the healthcare system here in California. I got sick last year. I had to have surgery. I had the same surgery as a friend of ours, another Bruja on the Bruja podcast. Had the uh-huh. same surgery, and my I had a. Did you have a little tumor baby. Removed? I had two tumor babies. Little removed. tumor baby. Little tu- I named them Keith and Connor. That's because. <laughs> I think those two just yelled at my uterus until tumors appeared. Um, yeah, I think they both cause cancer. Yeah, for sure. And so they, uh, so I had these tumors removed. And um, yes, you have to wait in line. And yes, it can be really annoying. But I had the absolute highest quality of care to the point where they should have done a different surgery, but they continued to do the laparoscopic surgery because I was got it done at a teaching hospital and there was no way Dr. Lee was going to fucking give up and look like a punk in front of those students. <laughs> so I came out of there with like a fucking intact uterus. And so if you're in Trump country, I get what happened. I was in Arizona recently doing a gig and I was talking to the bartender and his wife God bless her, you know, out there, they didn't, states like Arizona, Texas, they didn't take the government subsidies that they were offered. So the cost of the healthcare that people were mandated to buy was deferred to the consumer. So if you want to be mad at how much Obamacare cost, fucking be mad at your representative because California took that money and you know how much I paid for my surgery? My top of the line fucking uterus is in great shape. Didn't even have the big old scary scar like my homegirl did. Nothing. I paid fucking nothing. Yeah. So my health insurance is a dollar a month. Come to California. Bring your innovation. Yes, our cost of living is high. Yes, we have too many people. Yes, our roadways are fucked. But come to California. The tacos are great. The burritos are good. And you can be that much closer to Adam. The burritos are so good. They're so good. We've got good Mexican food here, guys. It's so good. We've got pho. We've got the best pho. We've we got have Korean barbecue. Korean barbecue is so amazing. We got we got grilling. Listen, we don't have Texas barbecue, but we got grilling. I could take you to some places in the yeah. 805 where you can get like half a cow for 18 bucks. Right. We got everything. We got it all. We got it all. And, and fucking good luck getting here, America. <laughs> yeah. I'm all ranting. Sorry, I I droned on for too long, Adam. No, you were great. This was a really good episode. Thank you for doing it at the last minute. I would love to come back and yell about things and... Oh, we'll have you on all the time, on all the shows. That'll be so much fun. Well, you can also catch me on Brouhaha Podcast here on the Unpops Network. Which will actually be up later today. Ooh. By 10 a.m. Pacific time. Really? Today? No, the the same day this goes up. Oh. Yeah. This goes up Monday morning and then Brouhaha goes up a couple hours later. Okay. It was, we're two days in the past. We're two days in the future. I don't know what we're doing, but. I don't, I have no clue. Yeah, check us out. We, um, we don't get as in depth on some issues, but we've had, uh, some very amateur discussions about like what the fuck is going on with Puerto Rico. What the fuck, America? It's a nightmare. What the fuck? 
is going on Those with Puerto American Rico. American citizens. Those are, oh, we got clocked on that. One of the Unpops listeners on the Patreon page was like, you can't call them U.S. citizens. It takes away the fact that they are citizens. And I appreciate the argument. I'm taking it in. But I also, the fact that anyone's talking about what's going on in Puerto Rico still is very important. So like, yes. give us the gold star for trying, please. Yes. <laughs> And pay more attention to Puerto Rico, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. They got two tarps and a hurricane season coming up. Yeah. They got yeah. half a generator and two tarps. Send them some money. They still yeah. need money. This is not the time to turn shit back over to Puerto Rico right. and let them fix it. But that's what we're doing with Yay. hurricane season starting. Oh, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> God damn it. All right, we should wrap this up. This yeah, was great. This uh, was thank you so much for doing it. Thank you. Uh, thank you again to Rebecca Stewart for the research on Alice Johnson. I thank appreciate you, Rebecca. That. that was, you blew my mind. Yeah. And thank we'll you. put, I actually have both of these court documents that I'll put up on the Unpops website. So by the time you hear this, you'll be able to go look at those. The most recent court filing for ACM, and you'll see a lot of judges going, well, we don't want a deporter, but what can we do? I feel like that's a fierce meme waiting to happen. Like something yeah. we could take over the internet, save ACM, the way that like save to like free Tibet became a bumper sticker. Yeah. I feel like save ACM could be the unpops fucking flag in the sand. Maybe. Or the hill. Or the line in the sands. Yeah. Or the line around we should everyone hashtag save ACM. Save ACM Tweet guys. Save ACM because she she also what did she do she the her she crime cooked and cleaned for people who took her hostage in el salvador yeah her crime was basically being a mom right yeah right. and i know you hate your mom but you also love your mom right so like don't take out your feelings on your mom on, on ACM. acm she didn't do it god bless her right. oh keep it can you let me know like can you message me if something bad happens to her if she oh yeah i'm gonna the- keep an eye on it it's what i do <sighs> All right. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? You what? can subscribe to the rest of our podcast on patreon.com slash unpops. Please do that. Uh, $5 a month. Yeah. And all of the unpops podcasts, I'm just going to make a recommendation. Give them a shout out on uh, on iTunes. If you're listening on iTunes as a platform, go ahead and rate and review Especially them. this one because it's so new. Yeah. Especially the new ones. You know, it really, 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 really helps get exposure and gets more people into the unpops family. Yeah. And I know you want to spread the good word of Big Daddy Unpops. You know you want to. Yes. Please do it. Yeah. Get up uh, in it. Also, uh, I have another podcast called 12 Questions. Check that out. Joining the network Joining soon. the network. I've just been pokey about it, but we're going to get it done. It's been a long month. time coming, but hey, if it's worth it, it's worth the wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Anna, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>